Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We have almost survived May. Hang in there. <laughs> and to future me, this is 2020. 20? 20 and we're in COVID months. This is the year we want to forget. Yes. And I mean, currently too, it's fucking snowing out because we're taping on May 7th. Uh-huh. Um, so it's just like, is there hope? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I felt like that a little bit when I went out on my walk. We're trying. We're trying to bring you hope, and therefore to ourselves. <laughs> and healing. And this is such a good show for it. It's fantastic, even though we're like, you know, in this funky mood right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll start off with show notes as usual. Um, our evening with medium events is obviously really wonky right now. Mm. Uh, we have postponed our April event to July 24th. We've been telling you guys that if you do have tickets to our April event, they will be honored at the door for the May one. Mm. Uh, pardon me for the July one. Stick with me. Um, if you don't feel comfortable attending that event or you can't make that new event, new, no problem. Just email us at info at and we will refund those tickets. We just need the name that they were reserved under because sometimes people go under their spouse's email or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number of tickets that you'd like refunded. We know that some people buy on behalf of others. You might be comfortable, a friend might be, and the third mm-hmm. one might not. So we're happy to honor any of that. You do have one week until May 31st to request a refund for those tickets um, before we just assume that you will be at that event. After that time, if you do want to sell them, you do what you want with your tickets. We just don't take responsibility for that. Unless, of course, we're told to shut down again. And at that point, we will absolutely refund everyone, no questions asked. So please don't worry about a thing. Just be mindful of the deadline as much as you possibly can and know that we are keeping you in the loop. You'll notice on the website, tickets are still on sale for the August and December events. We're crossing our fingers and hoping that this prediction of having a safe summer will be in effect. We we recognize that we've been (laughs) told there will be another surge of this, perhaps in the fall and winter. we will keep you posted as soon as we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we are reasonable people, and we have a wonderful web developer and a wonderful company selling the tickets that really have your best interests at heart to make sure that you're either getting what you need at the event or your money back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over to you. Okay. So by now, if you've been listening to these shows, you know Kelly and I are hot to trot for emotional intelligence and that we are doing everything we can to help you with yours. Because life sucks if you don't have any. Bites you in the ass. So what we want to do is have you listen to those podcasts called Sips of Sanity. And there is a series of five shows. They air the very first week of every single month, and we have tons of them for you. Uh, We pick up topic in emotional intelligence or spiritual, and we give you the toolkit. Now, the very first show is always free. It's available at the website by sarlo.com. It's on video or audio, and there's tons of platforms that you can choose, whichever one that you're familiar with or like, to connect to Kelly and I. The sec, or pardon me, the remaining four shows are available at patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. And there are tons of tiers in there. So if you'd like Sips of Sanity, check out, make sure you get it in your tier so that you can listen to all of those shows. Kelly's going to tell you more about Patreon. 
I do want to take a pause and just say for anyone who's listening regularly to the show, what a wonderful job Karen has progressed to do for advertising Sips of Sanity. Oh, yeah? You used to hand it over right away. Um, and I just think that you're, the, the flow of how you've talked about it is um, very clean. Oh, like okay. Um, but yes, <laughs> if you are interested in Patreon.com, it's our paid membership, as Karen mentioned. We have eight mm-hmm. tiers set up for you. And all that means is that in each of the different categories, you have potential benefits. So at the different levels, it is different amounts or fees that you're paying on a monthly basis. Uh, but you can have access to content like Coffee with the Sarlos for early access because it does become public on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Sips of Sanity in its entirety, as well as the Habit Tracker, and the uh, reflective questions that follow Sips of Sanity so that you can really make it personal and reflect on yourself and use those tools um, in a very personalized way, which is great. Um, We also are instructing journeying exercises. We're having journeying discussions. We do mini interviews so that you can get to know us a little bit more personally. Um, Karen has a monthly blog, which is fantastic. She always writes about her intuitive gifts or our intuitive gifts, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Um, And on top of that, you have a chance to vote on topics every month that you want to hear more about, whether it's in coffee or sips. And in our top red eye category for $50 a month, your name gets entered into a draw every single month for a chance to win a free half hour session with either Karen or myself. We trade off on months. That's a lot of fun. And it actually pays for your entire tier and then some, which is great. Um, Please be mindful though, the prices are in US dollars. You're charged on the first of the month. And through these COVID times, we are continuing to offer that if you do want to access Patreon and you cannot afford it, just send us an email and let us know. Yeah. You can email us at info at Just let us know that you need help for a month um, and we will waive the back-end fee so that you can just enjoy the content and feel supported through all of this. And we'll pause to say thank you to our patrons who yeah. have not asked to waive any of the fees, who have continued to financially support us through all of this. Um, that is just touching, you know, all in, on its own. Uh, but it's also what makes <clears throat> it possible for us to offer this to people who are not in the same position and I think that that generosity shared amongst the community is um, just wonderful. The reason we do this, it, it's just, that gives me hope. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, Kelly and I spent $10,000 on a studio uh, not too long ago, about a year ago, so that we could bring this to you in video. So if you're a patron, um, thank you for helping us pay the bill. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. It's, it's the reason that you get three angles of us. Mm-hmm. And that Kelly, and my editing time. I was just going to say, <laughs> and Kelly editing and producing because we have one hundred percent content or control over mm-hmm. content of all of our shows. It's also so far what um, is helping us to make these shows one hundred percent ad free. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are tons and tons of podcasts out there on your favorite platforms that do have advertisements, and those those pay for the actual show, the person's time. Yeah. We don't have that, so what you are offering is is it. So we very, very much appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to do the next part. Okay. So we are still seeing clients through this entire period of time. We have clients all over the world and always have. So this is not different for us to do FaceTime, Skype, WhatsApp, Zoom, and telephone. Those sessions are as accurate as the people who live here locally, right here in our city in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. Um, We look forward to seeing you guys eventually someday when society is a safe place to be again. But until then, um, 
you can have your session just like anybody else is getting it. We're both still working and using our gifts and trying to help you with your life. Good. So email us at info at bysarlo.com or go visit the website bysarlo.com because there's a place to fill out for an application for an appointment. Excellent. Well done. Okay, right into today's show and I'm just going to move my body. I'm really organized for today's show. I've got notes. Okay. And I've got pages of notes. So this is a client story. Um, it is about residential schools. Mm. It is, um, and so sit tight. If you're listening to this and go, oh, I can't, I can't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about pain and suffering. That's not what today's show is about, even though these people did experience this. Um, this is a story of two separate women in two completely separate um, sessions that both asked for the same thing. And that was, they they called to ask the spirit guides how they could heal what they had been through. Yeah, it's not, like, I think that's brave. I think that's... Necessary. Yeah, it, it's it's loving, like, to, to love yourself enough to say, I don't want to just keep thinking about it. I don't want to just keep reliving it. I want to heal. Mm-hmm. Because there is a difference between going back into your past to relive your pain and you feel it again and again. And a very big difference in if I'm going to go back to revisit it, I want to heal it. I want, this is so different. So I'm going to ask you, would you like to pick their names? Sure. Am I picking two female names? Two females. Is Grace and Frankie too complicated? Oh, that's adorable. Just so people can feel light while they're listening. Oh, I will go with Grace and Frankie. I'll let you assign whichever you feel is closer to the personalities, uh, or maybe neither of them. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that yeah. because I don't want to keep think keep thinking of the show while I'm doing this because it's a completely different kind of content. So I, I'll I'll go with Grace and Frankie for sure. Sure. Both of these women, first of all, give affirmations when I check in with them that they both married in this lifetime. They both had had one partner. Their partners were both alive. They both had children and they both had grandchildren. So there was some level of shared experiences after their schooling experience. And these two don't know each other? No. Okay. No, they don't have any idea who they each other are. They're not... They weren't even like one after another. Mm. It was just that this occurred. And then I I thought this would be good content for a show because it's actually about healing trauma. Mm-hmm. It's not just about, um, I don't know how to say that. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep going. So both of these women are in their late 70s, both married men who had gone through the same experiences. Um, and both of them stayed in their communities. Mm. So there still is more stuff that they share. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Your, your brain went to to describe it like they share these things, and I think how they stayed entrenched. In, okay, uh, okay, that's fine. That might come out through some of this where you mm-hmm. think that, and then you think not. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, but I have the advantage of knowing some of the other stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we can certainly talk about some of that. 
So those were the things that I found when I went back and these women said, you know, you go ahead and share this. We want other people to heal. And I'm thinking, okay, because normally I shred notes, all of their notes. Well, those aren't even your those session notes. Those aren't even session notes because yeah. what I did was I ended up interviewing the women afterwards by telephone mm. to get the notes of what they wanted to share and what stories they wanted shared versus what they thought was personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the best way I can describe the process that I went through to do this. So when I check in with the spirit guides, the very consistently in both women's notes were certain aspects of these things. So the very first thing that they said that what the guides wanted to share in how you could heal these experiences where you were physically abused, emotionally abused, mentally abused, um, where sometimes, you know, I'm not going into any of the abuse just so that people can sit and still listen and not think we've got to hit pause, the kids can't be here. Um, well, I think too, you can probably unclench your butt. Yeah, because it doesn't go into the abuse of what was done to them. Um, I think if people want to know more about that, I'll let them go and research that in history, in history books, or speak to some of these people who've yeah. been through this. I, I think it would be better to actually speak to them mm-hmm. because the history books books don't do, or some of them don't do enough justice to the truth because they didn't want the church and the government to be seen in a bad light or to the board of education um, or to the ministry in each of these different provinces in Canada. There were just so many people that didn't want the truth to come out, so the truth wasn't written into our history books. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe that's changed. I don't know. I'm just going to say that that was in the past. And I do understand things have come a long way since then in some regards, and that some people listening to this might go, hmm, that's not true. And that might also be true because I'm not living it. So I don't know the accuracy from every person's point of view. However, the first thing the Spirit Guide said to Grace and Frankie in both sessions was, they took your voice from you. So the very first thing we would say is make sure that you use your voice, that you say what you think, that you say what you want to in contributing to conversations, whether it's a girlfriend or a family, one-on-one or in a group, at work, wherever. And of course, people are not always going to respect your voice. This is humans, but you still have the right to say it. And you still can say it healthily. You can say it with anger, healthily. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? And I said, you can express your anger in a healthy way. And so Grace sits there and she goes, yeah, I can't. And I remember in her session, she couldn't. And I remember because of the notes, she has a husband who stifles her voice, whose children talk over her when she speaks. There is not the respect in the family to listen to each other. And there is a father here who discredits his wife when she has an opinion, who mocks it or makes fun of her, who belittles her. And so she keeps re 
injuring. She keeps feeling like nothing can be healed from the school. But I said to her, well, it's not still just about the school. It's because you're in a marriage where that wound never gets to heal. So your own family re-injures you. Mm-hmm. You, you. You set forth to, to use your voice and then you have you have all these people around you who don't listen. But I said, Grace, the guides are saying that the grandkids listen. And she goes, yeah. And I said, you've got grandsons and granddaughters that love your stories. They want to hear your opinion, whether it's about how to cook something, what you think about a political subject, um, like anything, everything that comes out of your mouth is of interest to them everything. And she goes, that's so very true. And I said, and they don't rush you. They, they want to hear your stories. Like they'll give you all the time in the world, but your children won't give you any time. They're on their cell phones and her kids are in their fifties. The grandkids are like, I think some are teens and some are like in their twenties and older than that. And they listen. They're just enthralled with what she thinks and who she is. But I said, your children and your husband didn't show them that. They didn't, they didn't set an example. It's like your kids came from a different planet of behaviors and totally arrived to, to respect you. And I said, but the funny thing about it is, is that those grandkids don't like their parents and they don't like your dad, like their grandfather. Like they really, and they make it very, very clear that people are talking over you. And they'll say things like, shut up, shut up. Grandma's talking, shut up. And and they will literally um, try to give her her voice. And she goes, very true. And she goes, so sometimes like I will just invite the grandkids for dinner when I know my husband's going to be out hunting. When I know that my sons are out when there's a hunting season and they're all gone. And I'm like, well, that's, that's good. I said, but it's it's probably not enough of the healing that you need. And I and she says, I just don't know what to do about it. And so, Patricia Evans, um, was that whole verbal abusive relationship book was you know said you know if you want to learn you can. And what's happening? Parker is itching himself, and I think farting. Okay, I, I was going to can smell something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm thinking like the frame will be over your head and they're going to see the flowers now moving, which are fake. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, maybe I should tell people what's going on here. <laughs> Try and continue. And, and the faces that I'm making, it's like, oh my God, he stinks. He's right under our I table. I mean, it's a fair face to make when you're talking about someone being verbally abused, Well, too. true, true. So then Frankie, on the other hand, in her session, when I bring up, use your voice, and that's the way to heal, the spirit guides say to me, oh, she has a husband who totally understands not being heard in the schools, in the residential schools, and really values that they need to hear each other. And so he really listens to her and he loves to just be in the moment. He'll even drop his hands and just look at her. Like whatever she has to say is just so interesting. Mm -hmm. And then he might look at her and go, that was such a good point of view, but I totally disagree. (laughs) 
But he can so be present and go, ah, oh, so interesting, but I totally think you're wrong. And then she can go, that's okay. Yeah, it's respectful. That's okay. You don't have to, you don't have, to have my point of view. And he might even look at her and go, I don't even want to do it your way. I think you're so wrong. But we'll give it a try because we tried it my way the last time. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, okay. And so she just sits in, okay, my turn. We're going to follow my lead this time. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't feel like, oh, shit, what if I make a mistake? What if I'm wrong? Oh, he's going to throw that in my face. There's no throwing it in, in, in her face. So their children are able to say, well, what do you want to do for Christmas this year? Well, wh- well, what does this family want to do? So they throw ideas around. They listen to each other's ideas. They might even change their mind and go, I thought my idea was the best, but now I think it sucks. Can we do yours? And it's like, oh, yeah, sure, we can do mine. But there's no animosity. There's no jealousy. Well, can I chime in? Mm-hmm. Because what you're talking about in Frankie's situation mm-hmm. is because there's a safety involved, people have the ability to develop critical thinking. And with critical thinking, hopefully, if you're not a narcissist, um, comes humility, the ability to entertain an idea that isn't yours and not necessarily have to accept it, um, entertain someone else's idea and think, yeah, that could actually be better than what I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. But when you are sitting in an abusive relationship, you don't have the freedom to think critically because you're constantly on guard or bracing yourself for the next form of abuse that's coming at you. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So Grace feels a lot of shame. Yeah. And her current shame, she thinks, is from all the residential school stuff. But I said to her, that's not true. You feel shame because of what your family, how your family treats you. And I said, so the guides want you to be able to separate that some of your shame is very current, but you don't, you're not dealing with it. So you're dumping that shame into the same pile as the residential school pile, and you're just storing it over there. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because she doesn't have the safety to deal with it. Well, I think too, if you're scarred that young... And you are taught that you are helpless, mm-hmm. right? And, and by helpless, I just mean that you are not allowed to problem solve. You're not allowed to stand up. You're not allowed yeah. to have a voice. Then you learn that you really are helpless. There's no options. And so when you grow up with no critical thinking skills, you get put into a new situation. Even though you know, you know the first wound is over and, or pardon me, situation is over, you still don't have the tools. And so if I can just blame it on this thing from the past that I couldn't control, then I don't have to do anything about it now. Right. And so Grace has this situation where without the toolkit, without the therapy, she she has had therapy, Hmm. but the therapy tried to strictly address, and I don't know how come or what, what happened there, but it strictly tried to address that this just occurred in the residential school and that's what we need to heal. And she never spoke up to say, but my husband treats me the same, but my kids do this and I don't address it in my kids because when I do, my husband comes in and defends them. And now I just don't bother because there's too many kids and there's, there's a husband that always backs up the abusive behavior. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think some people genuinely don't see the parallel. Um, I think sometimes that situation is so traumatic that you can't, the brain won't let you go to what's perpetuating it. It's just stuck in the trauma. Right. And she has a therapist that is, or, or had a therapist that wasn't given all of the information. Yeah. And that, that's another thing. Cause if she, if the, pardon me, if the therapist has the ability and the, the intelligence to say, and how is, how is it at home? You know, what was your husband's situation? Like if her and her husband haven't discussed what their two um, experiences were or aren't willing to say like, Hey, that's, that's bringing up feelings that I had in the past, what you're doing right now, then she may not even have the ability to think, I should bring up the conversation I had last night with him that made me feel numb again. She's not allowed. So Gracie goes to... Grace. Grace, sorry. Grace goes to counseling, but her husband wants to know what's said in counseling. And he's telling her at home, don't say that, say this. Don't tell them that. So she goes, yeah, so it go, she loses her voice even in a counseling situation. That's not cool. Where, yeah, where, where even at that level, that person isn't allowed to give her everything that's possible mm-hmm. because her husband has that level of control over her. And so this comes up in this session in her late 70s that this level of control is what has kept the residential school wounds hope open her entire life. Whereas other people have moved through some of those wounds and healed them, like Frankie. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear in this show where Frankie heals some of this stuff because the relationships in her life get healthier and healthier. I, I want to focus on that part for just a second, and this is this is obviously for people who have not been through residential schools as well. Because if you're if mm-hmm. you're hearing the general notes of this session, it's about having a voice and surrounding yourself with people who will allow you to have a voice and respect it. And like I want to really hammer that home because one of the things that you're talking about right now is having a support system. You can educate yourself about concepts till you're you know, sick and tired and you're falling asleep. But if you are not surrounding yourself with a support system who can offer you help, who can have a two-sided conversation with you to show you you are deserving of respect, who are willing to actually do the growing with you and support you through that, then you really are self-isolating. Yes. And and self-isolating by not forming new relationships and self-isolating by staying in the ones that are unhealthy. Right. And that that's important. And it's super important too, because if you are someone who is in the process of self-isolating, if you are still of the belief that you shouldn't have to get help or that men shouldn't get help or whatever that belief system is, it's keeping you where you are. Well, and Frankie, or pardon me, Grace has this belief system that if her husband says, you can't say something, and I'm going to regulate what you can and can't say, even not even when you're not in my presence or when you're working on your own healing from the residential schools, then he's also taking away her option to say, and you can leave me if you don't like this. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so this comes up in in one of the other sections here where 
the residential schools and the people in them, those, those, those teachers, the, the nuns, the priests, whoever are there, take away choices. And so she's used to the fact that I'm, I'm not allowed to have choices. And her husband thinks, yeah, she's used to that. So I'll make that work for me, even though it was also done to him. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people can get into judging that quickly. But I also know and have seen it. This isn't the first time where somebody has been abused and then turns around and abuses mm-hmm. in the way they were abused. It's hard to understand, but anyway, I'm going to keep going through because there are so many different things that the guide suggested and I want people to be able to hear them. Yeah, and also it's not about him. That's right. For the sake of today's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not the client looking for healing. Mm-hmm. So um, this, the next thing that the guides told um, Grace Grace um, was to make mistakes because in the in the residential schools a mistake was punished and not just a mark but it was punished in other ways and that now if she chooses to make a mistake to pick the right person to pick a healthy person and say, I'm going to make mistakes, and I need you to be supportive so that I can. And she was visibly uncomfortable with that. And I said, but Grace, are you understanding that they're saying that you need to pick a healthy person? I said, the guides aren't telling you to do it with your husband or with your children. You could pick your grandchildren and make mistakes. And she goes, no, actually, I do, and I can understand that. And I said, well, that's part of the healing is to be able to actually do that. That's part of your contract with the, with the grandchildren. And she goes, yeah, I, 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 I like that. I can understand that part. But do I have to do that with my kids? And I said, no. They're not the healthy people. They're not people. the healthy people. But isn't that interesting that when we're in that situation, you don't know. And that she needs to ask that. Mm-hmm. So, which can lead to one of the other points, which is to think for yourself and to take time. Those are some of the other points here, to take time to think through things that are going to be healthy for you. So I'm not going to go through that with my husband or my children. I will pick a particular friend to go through that with. And so she actually says to me, does that mean that that's helping me heal if I can't do it with my husband and my kids? And I said, that's correct, because you can be healing it a little bit, but you're not healing it completely or fully, or it's always being reopened like a wound when your husband and your children don't have that ability and you make a mistake with them and they go at you especially if you don't know how to set boundaries or stand up for yourself. I think that's a really good point, and I hope people are hearing that because when you ask the question, does it mean I'm healing if it's not with them, this can be where when you pick a healthy person to do these activities with and and begin that healing process, you get to understand that what these abusive people are teaching you is not true. It's not true that you deserve it. It's not true that you're stupid. It's not true that you don't matter or that you're not valued or valuable, right? 
right? And so if you learn the actual truth, right, then it may be the thing that makes you feel powerful enough to leave the unhealthy people. Or it may be if you're just at a point in your life where you're you're choosing not to leave because that is your right and your choice, it may be that you can be in it but have a better shield of protection Mm -hmm. to be able to see what's coming at you and just accept that's about them, not about me. That doesn't make me less valuable. That doesn't make me less um, of a person, right? Um, and, And that will be difficult. That's not going to be the healthiest option, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, especially if it's on the level that you're talking about with both generations. Mm -hmm. However, you still can have a level of healing. Yes. Thank you. That's Mm. what was said to Grace. Frankie, on the other hand, is experiencing that. And the guides came through and said, well, you have this experience. You do go through processes. You make mistakes. You guys talk about them. You can laugh about mistakes. You can create a process to have other choices. There is all of all of that in a healthy process for you. You've been able to create it and to help heal that part of your injuries um, in the residential schools. So you see with Frankie that she's picked up a partner and raised children to constantly work on these healing things. And then you see Grace, who, because she picks a partner and then stays in that relationship, and that's how the children are then raised by him, even though she's raising them as well, he wins out because it's abusive. Mm -hmm. That her ability to fully reach some type of healing she's seeking always eludes her. And you see that Frankie gets it, and then shares it in her community. Mm, Cool. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Mm -hmm. So the next thing on the list were, were, were choices, which we've talked about a little bit all the way through that, is that Frankie makes or is encouraged to always look for healthier choices. I'm not saying she has all of them herself, but she certainly now can see that her husband's trying to figure some out. So he comes home and contributes. It's not all on her shoulders to figure out the healing. Isn't that gorgeous? It is. And it's also, I mean, again, unrelated to residential schools, it's one of the lessons that I hope people are learning right now being at home Mm. is that you do have other choices about how you live, about your your lifestyle, right? Yeah. Because I think there are many people who are of the mindset, well, I have to put my kids in sports. I have to put them in all kinds of things. We have to be busy. I have to be involved in the community. And there's just, it's it's on and on and on. And we're realizing now with, you know, what's deemed essential and what isn't, Mm -hmm. you can choose to live a different way. You can choose to connect a different way. You could have your own spouse or partner, whatever you want to call it, um, or your own child, roommate, want to fight with you and... Perhaps in the past, you got sucked right into it, whether you people pleased them or you fought back ugly too, mm-hmm. or you did any of those forms of verbal abuse. But if you're hearing this today, now you're also hearing, hmm, there are other choices that are healthier, and I actually don't have to participate. And quite the opposite, <clears throat> where some people have 
been confronted with a conflict and thought, well, I have to take the kids to hockey. Well, I have to take the kids to this. And they cut the the Mm. conflict short and avoid by running out of the house, Mm -hmm. driving somewhere, doing an errand, whether it's real or fabricated. And now it's like, well, I'm not allowed to go all like do all of those things. So I either need to be upfront about the fact that I'm exiting the room right now because I just don't want to talk to you, or I have to stand here and figure out a different way to talk to you. Yeah. And that what what we are learning here is that there are choices. And so Grace is actually learning that she's got more choices than she's ever thought she had. Hmm. I hope I don't fart in my sleep like Parker does. Eric, if you're listening and you need to tell me something, like, just tell me. This is awful. (laughs) He's sleeping. He is, like, over there sleeping. And that stench is still here. strong. If anyone knows, too, like, if you listen to other podcasts and you hear that they're recording in a closet because there's, it's perfect yeah. for sound, like, we are door closed, like, suffocated into this space. <laughs> in Parker's poopy <laughs> mess. Okay. The next one is be healthy. And so the guides came in and said to Grace, choose to be healthy. Choose what you eat. Choose it. There are many things around you that you can choose. So there might be junk in your house, but you can choose something. So she, because often she just feels like she's got to do things for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Or if everybody else is eating this, well, I might as well eat it and be part of it to be part of this family. Even though they might all, all know that she has issues with sugar and shouldn't be eating it. Mm. Or she has you know, issues with her cholesterol and she shouldn't have this or her weight or whatever, the, her adrenal glands, whatever it is. She just goes ahead and participates to go along with everything. Well, I think too, I want to point out, because you've just mentioned things that you shouldn't be doing. And I know that some people get prescribed a certain kind of diet. Mm-hmm. And so, if, for example, if a doctor says to you, you, know, you need more fish in your diet, you need your omegas, mm-hmm. um, and you think, well, I can't put that on the table because my husband won't eat it, you need to. That's right. You can't leave something off the table <clears throat> because someone else won't eat it. Yeah. And Grace would avoid getting the foods or meeting her own needs because he would say things like, we don't have enough money for that. But then there was enough money to put the steak on the table or whatever it was that he did want. I'm sure getting the hunting equipment wasn't a problem. There, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So part of the healing from where the residential schools took away her choices to be healthy the guides were reminding her that she could pick a flavor of tea that was healthy. She could say no to the coffee and pick water with strawberries in it or water with honey and lemon or whatever it is that she wanted, that there were ways that she could do these things that sometimes she just wasn't choosing to because she felt so beaten down by everything else. She felt she just didn't have the energy. So I'll just treat myself to this. Well, and you also can't. Mm. I just want to really make sure people heard that. So I'll treat myself to this. So she takes the unhealthy things like the sugar and says, "I'm, I'm treating myself with that. The fatty food, that's my treat. And the guides were saying, no, that's not a treat. That's bad for you. That's not a treat. 
Mm-hmm. The treat would be something that's good for you because right now nothing you're doing is healthy for yourself. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's okay. Uh, what I was going to say is the when you mentioned being exhausted, like she doesn't have the energy mm-hmm. to do something, when you're that beaten down and you're that physically and emotionally tired, you don't have the ability to see all your choices. That's right. So, or, or be creative to come up with more. Absolutely. And this is where the guides were saying the residential school did this, and then her partner continued it. Mm-hmm. And then we go off. And when I'm in that session with Frankie, which was such an opposite session, Frankie is sitting there and the guides are saying, oh, you love choices. You're always looking for what the best choice is. So if there are nuts and seeds and fruit and sweets, you might look at it and go, well, I'm okay to have that sweet, but I just had some nuts and I've had some seeds. So it's not all sweets. She's going, yeah, okay, that stuff's good for me and I'll have a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. So she's able to Mm self-regulate. She's able to self-modulate all of these things. Whereas Grace just doesn't feel like she has any ability to do that and is completely out of control with self-regulation. And actually, when I say the word self-regulation, she asks me to explain it. And when I do explain self-regulation, she just sort of like, "Mm." yeah, she feels like I'm beating her up as opposed to telling her how to heal. I can appreciate that in the sense that, and this certainly Mm -hmm. isn't about making fun of anyone, when you have to ask what the word self-regulation means, it is literally spelled out. Like there, there's no, there's no having to derive the word, right? And so when you actually now have it put like laid out for you, that it is regulating all of the things in your life, your food, your your language, your bed, your your yep. routines. Yep. There's a feeling of how did I not see that? How did I not? Come oh, to that conclusion. Jesus. And there lies the shame where you can immediately go to, oh, someone else is beating me up now because they've had to explain to me what self-regulation is and I feel ridiculous. Kelly, this conversation occurred with Grace. And I said to Grace personally, Grace, please don't feel shame because that's not my intention. I've been through this. Not a residential school, but I've been through something similar in my own life where I really didn't understand self-regulation either. Mm -hmm. So I'm not here to throw any stones at you or to make you feel silly or stupid at your age. I'm 58 and I can tell you my own story. Not that I'm going to share that in that session, but I understand it with empathy. Mm -hmm. And it's not my intention to shame you. So if you feel shame, that's all your own shit that you're you're creating because I'm not the one putting it on you. And, and I do remember in that little moment where she just sort of sat there and said, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and I also get that. I also understand when somebody explains that and then your shame doesn't have to sit with you anymore because you now know that they actually have empathy. Well, yeah, because if, if when you're used to communicating with someone, their go-to is to shame you, mm-hmm. you've again been taught that you don't have another choice. Prepare for it. If you don't think like me, if you don't have a response that I'm thinking of on the fly, then I'm going to shame you for not being smart enough, fast enough, um, whatever that might be. And so you you brace for it. Yep, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was to listen to each other. And again, Grace got this with friends. 
healthy she, people. She got this with some healthy people. And she goes, how is that supposed to heal me? And so the guides just took a few moments to say to her, well, how do you feel when you're being heard? And she could understand that with the friends. But then when I said to her that when her children don't, and then she kind of was like, oh, I'm getting this now. So you could see pieces start to to get placed for her. When we could compare to how her grandchildren and friends treated her versus how her husband and her children treated her and where the similarities, and you could see her complete discomfort just sort of hit her in the face of, oh my God, every time we talk about the healing at the residential schools, you're comparing it to a husband and my kids. And you could just see her sorrow in that. Mm-hmm. A deep, deep ache. Well, it's, it's a continual horror. Yeah. Yeah, and the first one where it was thrust upon her, and the second one where she actually has a choice to get up and walk out of it and leave it, or she has a choice to stay in it and change it and fight back for herself. Okay. The next one is more about Frankie. So the next one was be collaborative. Mm, because I love this, that. Yeah, because the residential schools didn't want you to collaborate. You had to do your work on your own. They didn't give you group work. You were, and if you did, there were failures in it, group mark. If somebody didn't do well, you all failed. Like it, there was a lot of setting up for failure in it. And, and quite honestly, Kelly, there just wasn't a lot of collaboration, period. So the opportunity to collaborate with other people was a part of the healing process, was to be in a group and to work on something, use your voice, all of these other things, mm. see choices, because now you get to practice all these other things. And so I said to Frankie, you freaking rocked this one. I said, you went into the community and understood that healing for you from the schools meant that you could work with other people. Screw them. What do they know about how well I can work with other people? I'll show them I can. They don't want me to collaborate? I'll bloody well collaborate. I'll get them all together and I'll form groups and we'll all heal together. And so Frankie went out and became a person in her community that put these groups together. And it wasn't always about, let's get together and heal. She'd say shit like, let's get together and dance. She reminds me of a Harriet Madigan. Oh. Let's get together and plant something beautiful that yeah. everyone can can yes. um, gain something from. Oh, God. I just love that you said Harriet let's, let's Madigan. Let's commemorate something in, in the town, you know, yes. center town, yeah. that everyone can feel important. Yes. Let's plant flowers so people feel happy. Let's plant vegetables to feed people. Like it was just literally that was her type of idea. Let's all get together and dance. Let's get some ice cream. You, you know, I we do our best to when we put these shows up or I, I do my best to um, link it to other shows where it says, you know, if you liked this one, you might like the other. Right. I will post Harriet Madigan's The Importance of Community. Thank you. Um, because if you're really liking Frankie's sh- oh, my piece of the show. Oh, my heart's just like bursting. Yeah. And you're wondering like, oh, well, you know, community might not be something I thought to be a part of. Yeah. Um, she, she did a really excellent show. Oh, I just feel tearful over that. I'm so grateful I know Harriet personally mm-hmm. and that we have her in our community. Okay, so, but, but back to Frankie. Frankie created these opportunities but didn't always just say, let's do it to heal. She did it for let's have fun. 
Let's do the things they didn't let us do. So if they didn't let us dance, let's dance. If they didn't let us have joy, let's have joy. How do we create joy? But so simply, it doesn't have to cost us money. Let's just have joy. Let's get together and listen to each other. Let's get together and whatever. So she she used collaboration in a sense of fun and experiences, but she also did it in terms of they won't let us get together and be powerful, so let's do that. So Frankie sat on her community boards and she became a key player Mm. politically in her community. Cool. And said, yeah, I'm Indigenous and I'm a female. Here I come. And that's why I said, you've nailed it when you said- Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda, Harriet Madigan. Like I want to put all those gorgeous women in that group, right? Oh, and I can think of- Jane Fonda is doing fire Fire Drill Fridays. Remember, she was getting she's getting yes. arrested every Friday for climate change. She is, yeah. oh, she's just a cool woman. Yeah, well, do whatever you need to. to As is our Frankie. Yes, and so our, our own very Frankie here is sitting in her community. I can think of political figures in the United States that are sitting in Senate and in Republican or pardon me, Democratic parties that are trying to <laughs> Jesus. Maybe nope. some. Wrong. Maybe some of the Republican parties will wake up and start getting these messages about healing. But <laughs> what was the point you said earlier? Interesting point, but you're definitely wrong. <laughs> I hear you. I want a partner like that. <laughs> that will be on my list. <laughs> Yes, totally enjoy that kind of company. Okay, Um, the next one was give yourself time. Mm. And it was really truly something that Frankie got in the sense of when you're together and say you are all dancing and somebody is up, pay attention, give them the time. Give Give them the time to express themselves. Enjoy it. If they're dancing wild and weird, that's okay. That's where they're at. Let, let them let them express. They need time to move through something. If somebody else is sitting and won't get up and dance and is angry, give them time. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone will come to our community dance and never get up until the 50th time they showed up. Mm-hmm. Maybe 49 times of sitting in the chair is just what they needed to be that angry. Can I bring up a very different point? Yeah. There's a choreographer that I really love following on uh, Instagram. She was someone who was featured. She's actually Canadian. She was featured for seasons and seasons on So You Think You Can Dance. Um, uh, Tukey. Can't remember her first name. Anyway, she um, she's absolutely wonderful. She's a great choreographer, and her and her husband have had a daughter. And so for the last couple of years, of course, I'm watching this kid grow up on her Instagram stories. And I mean, Stacy, Stacy Tukey, um, she's a great dancer herself. And all of her videos of our, of our, her daughter um, dancing and figuring out her own body and her mm. own movement. And not once do you see Stacy say to her daughter, Harper, no, it's like this. Mm. No, this. Like there's no instruction yet. There, There is a total respect of time for her own self-discovery. Right. And that's important. And I think that's one of the things that we sometimes lose when we say let kids be kids and then we don't do that mm-hmm. is because we tell them how it's supposed to be done instead of figuring, letting the child figure out how their body moves, mm-hmm. how their brain thinks. Right. 
Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, you know, that this person's getting up and dancing and they're dancing all wild, let them be. That's where they're at. Maybe they haven't moved those muscles before. Maybe mm-hmm. they haven't had that that bravery to shake those limbs in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just figuring out if they move in that direction. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was another one was to take back time because it's what the school took from them. Don't think you don't have time. Play, but you can't play the way we tell you. We'll control time for you. So the spirit guide said each time or each experience where you take back time, slow it down, create a process, think, see choices, try, make mistakes, experience. They got to take back the things that were taken from them. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the next one. Honor each other. And so if I go back to Grace, Grace's grandchildren and friends sit down and honor her. And her her friends honor her in the sense that they will say, what do you think of this? Grace's do? Grace's friends. Hmm. What, what do you think? And she has to sit and think. And, and they know she doesn't want to think. They know she's uncomfortable. So they will just kind of look at her and wait. And if she just, you know, hmm, and diverts the attention and, oh, well, what do you think? And, and tries to put it back on them. They'll go, well, I, I know what I think, hon, but Grace, we asked you what you think. And we know you're uncomfortable. Take your time. We'll wait. And sometimes they wait till the time where, okay, I got to go back home now. Let us know when you figured that out. Mm-hmm. And so later in the day, she might call them and go, well, this is what I was thinking. And they'll go, oh, good good for you, girl. Okay, that's good. And they'll take the time then and give it to her. Mm-hmm. Even if it's later that night at 10 o'clock, it's like, oh, she's figured it out. Okay, you go. And so while she's saying, her husband is saying, what are you calling them for? That's not important. That's stupid. It's 10 o'clock. It's late. You shouldn't be phoning somebody. And trying to deter her from that process her friends actually say, oh, don't listen to him. I've got all the time. I was not in bed. Go. And so they circumvent what he's trying to do to give it to her. Mm-hmm. So her friends are the ones that become aware of what her family and what her husband are doing and purposely try to help her with her healing. And beautifully, the spirit guides point out those friendships. The next one was to thank each other. And I and she goes, what? And I said, well, Grace, I said, like, the teachers at the residential school never thanked you for anything. Like, they never said to you, um, you know, thank you for handing out the papers. It was just hand out the papers. There was no, there wasn't a gratitude shown for anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, and even in your home, your husband doesn't show you a gratitude. It's more of like he grunts if you've done something. Uh, it's not um, a thank you for that. And I said, and, and your children don't even consider thanking you. They just assume you're going to do the meal. You're going to do these things. Ma, you know, you made these blankets for the kids, you know, make them for mine. Like it's just, it, they're orders. And so... She gets told that, and she's like, well, yeah, but they're just my kids. Yeah. And so her guides slow her down and say, no, no, no. They're all people. <laughs> no, 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 sweetheart. 
you don't you don't um, dismiss abuse under the guise that it's just family behavior. One of my like pet peeves is when women say, "Oh, a mother never stops being a mother," because you know where it comes from. Yes, it's like their permission they give themselves to worry. It's their permission they give give themselves to overstep mm-hmm. um, or to be walked on. Yes. And it's like, fuck off. <laughs> right. And and I don't recall that the guides actually said fuck off. I would imagine not. <laughs> Although I have heard them say that sometimes. <laughs> yes. but, in a very loving way. Right. But they challenge her in that regard, in that belief, and say to her, no, that's an unhealthy belief. Just because it's a belief doesn't make it healthy. Grace. I eat so, Catholics. Right. And uh, yes. And so we are challenging that. And she hears the spirit guides are challenging that. What? I thought I'd go to hell. I thought you were the guy, the people that were going to punish me if I didn't believe and do all of that. And so that makes sense, though. That's the Catholics. Yes. And the Republicans. <laughs> no, no. Another point the guides made was to be open-minded because at the residential schools they weren't allowed to be, and they weren't. They weren't open-minded. So there was no way in the world they were going to teach that or model that for the, for the children. And so she says, be open-minded. What? How's that going to help me? And I said, well, Grace, I said, if you, if you learn to be open-minded about something and pick your own topic, because now she's thinking, I can't be open-minded because I have to make sure my husband's okay with it. Just like Grace had to make sure that, well, if I'm going to be open-minded, well, let's not even go there because that wasn't the environment in the school. So she struggled in the school with that, and she continues to struggle with the same thing. So when you're continuing to struggle with the very same issue and the same behavior and the same structures, there's no healing that can take place. So she's asking the guides, how do I heal? And the guides are saying, we can tell you, but you're going to have to change some things. And so can you be open-minded then when you're with a friend or when you're with your grandkids? But this is going to be limiting. This process of healing for you is limited because you made certain choices. So the spirit world can't come in and an energy healer can't come in and open up all your chakras and balance you because you choose to live in certain relationships and not change. Which I think can be hard to hear and disappointing when when you're grace and you're, you're thinking, but aren't I supposed to heal? Isn't this what we're all talking about, this reconciliation and all this stuff? Aren't, aren't I supposed to heal with everybody else in the group? And then and you see other people moving on with their healing, and she is now being told, yeah, that's not going to happen. So you can see that she's, I'll say, somewhat heartbroken about that, but also starting to figure out, well, yeah, okay, I can see how that makes some sense then. Yeah, and just to draw a parallel to people who have not gone through residential schools, like that's true in families. Yeah. And that's what we keep bringing it back to. So <clears throat> there are children who have to individuate from unhealthy parents 
and are the first ones in the family to do it, yeah. or sometimes the only ones in the family to do it. And they may be sitting there saying the, you know, the exact same thing. Well, aren't we supposed to heal? Isn't this adulthood and reconciliation? Isn't this where I'm supposed to heal with my siblings, the group? And it's like, well, not if they don't choose it. That's right. But that doesn't mean you don't go ahead and do your work. That's right. Yeah, very much. Um, a- another point that was made um, was to remove unhealthy beliefs by choice. So she could actually sit there, if I'm staying with Grace for a minute, and say, let's look at one of your unhealthy beliefs. So maybe an unhealthy belief here is that your husband is allowed to choose what he wants to believe, but you have to follow what his choices are. Well, I think I think most people are sitting by this bingo sheet going, how the fuck have they not mentioned Beverly Angel yet? Got her. Um, and and you, we need to, because we've said false beliefs of the people pleasers so many times. Yeah. Um, and that that is a massive tool because you're talking about her false beliefs right now being that my husband's views are more important. My my husband's needs are more important. And then he extended, or they extended that as a family to the children's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of those children understood that. They understand that as grown adults, that they have all carried on that belief with dad. And, that, and we talked about her being erased in that family. And I used that term, and she goes, erased? And I thought, well, I'm not going to talk for a while. I'm just going to let her think about being erased. And she goes, hmm, when you say being erased, do you mean like that I don't even know what I think, right? Mm -hmm. Do you mean like that when I speak, they just ignore the fact that I even spoke? They might even repeat what I say, but now they all laugh at what the other person said, but not that I said it? Yes. Or that you're the last one eating and they all get up and clear the table and get on with their evening. Yes. Not acknowledging that you're still you're still in that experience finishing up. Yeah, exactly. And that they were the family sitting together eating while you served. So the family got up and left and now you get to eat and they let you know that. And that comes from the residential school stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So she gets to hear that she's very much taken everything she did at these residential schools and she brought it all with her spouse into their marriage, and he perpetuated their role. And so when she hears the spirit world say he perpetuated their role, she's looking at me like steam's coming out of her head because it's finally out there. Well, now she can actually be angry. Now she can actually feel. Which is next on the list, be angry. Be it. Be these emotions because the fact that the school doesn't let her feel these emotions and wants her to compartmentalize them, and then the husband says, yeah, I don't want you to feel what's actually happening to you. Compartmentalize it. You know how to do that. Go ahead. Till I'm dead. Feel it later. But in the meantime, I'm just going to carry on. And oh, and by the way, the kids are going to carry on when I am dead. And so she hears this, and it's, it's, it's a really 
rough moment. Mm -hmm. But she sits there and she goes, and Grace says to me, oh my God, she goes, I just, I know exactly when I tell my girlfriends this, that they're all going to sit there and go, what's her name again? (laughs) Can I get that lady's name? Mm -hmm. Because we so need our other friends to hear this. It's like, and and can't, how do we get a hold of her? She goes, I can just hear it, that they're going to call you and thank you for kicking my ass. She goes, because I've heard this. Hmm. And it's like, oh, so you have heard the spirit guide speaking through other people. And she goes, yeah, not all of it that you've said today, but some of it, yes. I've thought some of it. And I'm like, you've thought some of it. So the guides are speaking to you directly. And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's what that means. And I said, well, why wouldn't they speak to you directly? They're your guides. They love you. Mm-hmm. You're their whole project. Your healing is their whole purpose. So why wouldn't they want to try and reach you? Another point that the guides made about her opportunities for healing um, was to stand up for each other. They weren't allowed to in the residential schools. Yeah. If anybody stood up for anybody, boy, you got beaten worse than the other one. You mm-hmm. got tortured worse than the other one. And so there was no sense of being able to stand up for yourself or anybody else, even if it, well, it doesn't matter. We'll just say anybody else. And so now the healing part could come in where you stood up for each other. And this is where Frankie was like, Yes. And I said, but Frankie, I understand that you also learned in this process at the beginning that you stood up for anybody, even for people who didn't deserve it or for people who were in the wrong. And she went, I did. I just did because we all came from the schools. So she, so she says, I was just determined that no matter what they did wrong, I was going to stand up for them just because the schools screwed us so bad. Mm-hmm. And then with age and with time, her friends confronted her and said, you don't stand up for everybody, girl. You stand up for the people that deserve that. They have to earn it. Well, yeah, and that, that questions your trustworthiness. Yes. So Frankie came to that decision of, right, I can stand up for the people that have earned it and that have integrity. There, has to be, there have to be good qualities or good reasons to stand up with somebody, and you better know them. Mm-hmm. Or be able to trust that person. Yes. That they know them. Right. And so Grace is standing up for people that she knows doesn't deserve it. Grace's? Grace knows her family doesn't deserve for her Uh, to stand up for them. Well, she's also not letting people stand up for her. Right. And I mean, that makes sense too. If you think about her having witnessed others in the schools who might have tried to stand up for someone and watch them get in trouble, she may be experiencing the same fear for her grandchildren. Yes. For the um, ramifications that would come down from her husband or her children on the grandchildren because they stood up for her on her behalf. Yeah, and Grace is watching where some of her grandchildren are tougher than she thinks and are quite okay with saying to their parents, what is your problem? Mm-hmm. You're being an ass. And where the parents are, you don't talk to me, and they're, we're your elders, and the younger kids are looking at them going, it means nothing. means nothing to me. Doesn't matter if you're my elder, what the hell does that even mean? You have to earn my respect. And so they're throwing out that whole just because you're older than me shit line means that you can get away with anything you want. 
and I'm supposed to kowtow to that crap line? Mm -hmm. No, these younger people are standing there going, yeah, no, that's just all called abuse. Mm -hmm. All of that shit show that you're throwing at me over here is just abuse. And so Grace is watching her grandchildren go, that is abuse. But she's not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. So she has left her grandchildren on an island by themselves. Even though they stand up for her, she won't actually do anything with it. So now they're going through a period of time of, we're standing up for grandma, but she won't stand up for herself. This is frustrating. And we're kind of like getting sick of it. Mm -hmm. So do we stick around and continue to help grandma? Or do we actually bail on her and let her sink now? And so she's looking at me like, what? And I said, well, you know, they can only stand up for you for so long when they're standing up to their parents and their grandpa, and then you turn right around behind their back and go people-please them. They're getting sick of you. And she was like, oh, no, no. You could see, like, oh, my God, don't take the last people on earth away from me that are actually good people or kind to me. Mm -hmm. You could see her desperation of, oh, my God, no, but I might have to let that happen because I'm not going to leave my husband or stand up to my kids. So now you can see she's in the worst position of her life, according to her, because she doesn't want to see the healthy choices, which is here. The guides are saying, well, if you want to heal, you have to start making the healthy choices. Mm -hmm. You can't ask for healing and then go out and do everything that's the exact opposite and then say, but I want to heal. And the last one is to be respectful of your own life. And when I said that, she goes, oh, my word. And I said, Grace, how do you feel about that statement? And she goes, not good. And she goes, I feel worse than when I called you. And I said, yeah, I'll bet you do. I said, because you asked how to heal, and they've given you probably 16 ways to heal, and you've pretty much refused every single one of them. And constantly denied any healing process in order to stay in one particular relationship or with one particular group of people that you thought were your only people, only to find out they're not your only people. There are all kinds of others on earth that are healthy and want you. But you make that choice. And she goes, well, what am I going to do about it now? I'm 78. And I said, well, if you live to be 98, you've got 20 years. What would you like to do with 20 years? Mm -hmm. And her response was, 20 years. I've got 20 more years. Are you telling me as a psychic I have to do this for 20 more years? Like you, you, you could see her, oh, my God, no. I'd rather know I'm dying in a year. I don't want to have to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can see in Frankie's session where if I say you have 20 more years, she's like, oh, bring it on. I got lots to do. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. This is engaging. This is, there's change. There's choices. There's like, you can see where her, her whole attitude is about life and the healing process is. Growth. Absolutely. If I can heal more, great. If I can help others, awesome. If I can't, eh, I, then I can't because healing is their own individual process, not mine. Mm-hmm. But if I can be part of it, okay. And if not, that's okay too. 
but she's got these healthy boundaries around it. And you can see with Grace that she just doesn't even have a clue what boundaries are from the residential school to the marriage to parenting in any of those. Mm -hmm. But she's being presented with an option to. And and then she was presented with resources to figure that out. Like you said, Beverly Angel, Patricia Evans. She's given lots of resources and she goes, I'm 78. I'm not going to start reading now. Okay. And and that was my response. Okay. Because I can't read the book for you. You have to do what you want with all of those resources. So just like I learn I can't live your life or your brother's life, you guys have to live your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that you can see in her session that Grace is like, well, thank you. Thank you for the session today. But it's like, I'm just going to be polite. I'm just going to be like, okay, we're done. Dismissive. Not calling you again. And you can see in, in Frankie's session, she's just like, wow, I've worked hard. I feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got more work. There's more things. My head's spinning with more options. And I really like some of these terms. And I really want those books. I need more resources to share with people. This is great. So you can see she's like pen and paper going at it. And you can see Gracie's like, Grace, did you did you voice record? No. Did you write any notes? No. Did you want mine? No, it's okay. Because you can see that Grace is entrenched in her suffering. Mm. And she wants no accountability or responsibility. And she actually doesn't want she doesn't want healing. So then it just becomes, hey, Grace. Are you on this journey about seeking healing because it's the thing to talk about and you're people-pleasing the community again because it's what they're talking about? Are you just part of the group, but you don't want to actually do anything the group is doing? Mm -hmm. And then we find out truthfully in that session that 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 is grace. And I said to her, oh, Grace, now I remember. It was one of your grandchildren that bought the session for you as a gift certificate. And she goes, yeah. And it's like, oh, there you go. Makes even more sense. (laughs) Yes, totally. On our end. Yes. And it makes sense that it was a grandchild that did it. And that this is like one of their attempts at, oh, my God, maybe if somebody else tells her this shit, she'll listen. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Maybe somebody else will help her because we can't. And that's where where you can see that the grandchildren have given up now. Mm-hmm. And that her desire to go to these activities that are healing activities is just to be part of the group. And it's just to be, it's just to people please the people that are putting it on. It's not that she's there to actually get shit done. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She reminds me of the one that will show up with the brownies and, and make sure everybody knows that she brought the brownies. Like she wants to make sure everybody knows I was here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to vacate now. Yeah. So I, I thought putting the sessions together had value so that yeah. people could hear um, choices and that they could see where some things were working so beautifully that some people have had these terrible experiences but have chosen to heal. And they and it does mean work. Lots. Lots of work. Frankie has done tons of work. So has her husband. So have all of her kids and her grandkids. So has her community. And 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 Grace just doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. 
And I, and I think that's, that's important for people to hear and that we can't, we can't force somebody to heal an experience that they've been through. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sometimes we can't even love them through it because yeah. they reject the love, which is what Grace is doing with the grandkids. She was rejecting that. Mm-hmm. How they try to love her, she rejects. Yeah, she's taking away their choices. That's correct. So when they try to help her heal some of it, and they know how to, they want to do things for her, she rejects that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so those were some of the tools which I thought were good to share with others, not just that have been through that particular experience, but want to pull any of those tools out and have a conversation today and go, I'd like to do some work on that. I want to be a better listener, or I I want to find better questions to ask people, or you know what? I like the whole idea that everything is about collaboration. What if I looked at the people that I'm living with and my whole focus was, how do I collaborate better? Yep. Instead of, and whose turn is it to try? Mm-hmm. Whose turn is it to lead? Like, which one of these could speak to you? Could you turn to your partner or one of the kids and go, you lead, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> if you were getting into the kitchen, what would you make? It doesn't matter if you can cook or not cook. Try anything. Put fruit on a tray. I'll have that. Mm-hmm. Just by letting each other take turns. Cool. Thank you for putting it together. You're welcome. As you know, I've made several attempts to put this together. Yep. <laughs> um, and I, I, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to give this to people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty excited about using these in my own life too, mm-hmm. and listening to this podcast myself as a listener. I wanted to say too, and we can edit this out if you don't think it's appropriate, I really liked that in the beginning you uh, mentioned that these were two separate people, mm-hmm. that it's become one story, mm-hmm. um, but that they were two people, both female, both had the experience of a residential school, yeah. both married, both had children, both had grandchildren. And the reason I bring this up is because oftentimes we will share stories and people will go, that's mine, that's my story. Mm. And it's not. It is one in a million. Mm. And there are so many people who are going through very similar experiences to you who also are married or single, who also, you know, their lives Mm -hmm. parallel yours in a lot of ways. Um, But that is why we choose names at the beginning of the show so that you're not sitting there focusing on, is this mine? Is this someone in our community? But rather, what messages am I getting out of this? Yeah, that's the point. Is this helping me learn and grow and be a better person? Yep. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Thank you to everyone, no matter where you're listening or watching from. We appreciate wherever you are and however you got here. Um, And we do ask that if you have time or you want to make time, if you can like, share, comment, review, um, or send a testimonial, that very much helps us spread the word about what we're doing so that if you're getting something out of this, someone else can too. Thank you and have a great weekend. 